Hey, David, or David, I think. Uh, welcome back. Hey, Adam. Yeah, it's it's David. So um, we, st- we, st- we finished the last episode talking about J4C. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, it was the secret name of Heridon. <laughs> yeah, that was the initial name of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, were you from the beginning there involved, um, or how uh, early yeah. you were involved in? Um, actually, I joined uh, J4C or uh, Heridon um, a little bit later, not like uh, super late. Uh, it was uh, before the release of the Heridon one. Uh, version, okay, but uh, I was not there since uh, since the early stages of the development, but uh, rather a little bit later. So, who were at the very beginning? Dimitri, I guess. Yeah, uh, Dimitri was there. Thomas Lange was there, and uh, uh, and I. I would like to avoid pronouncing some of the names because uh, I do not want to uh, butcher them up. Uh, but um, some 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 other guys from the America and stuff. So oh, okay, um, yeah. And uh, you were employee number what? And headed on or developer number? Um, uh, it's hard to say. To be fair, I I have never thought about it this way. Uh, but I. Think okay, so it, there was Thomas, and there uh, the, this project used, uh, was developed before by other team as well. Um, uh, da, da, da. I, I think like ten maybe or something like that. Okay, it it could be very so easily uh, or thirteen, so, something like that. But uh, low numbers. It's it's not like uh, thirty or forty or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, four, fourteen <laughs> developers for a, for a project is still a lot. I would say. Yeah. Well, uh, there were two teams back in the day. I mean, one initial team, and that team resigned from Oracle, and then uh, it was moved to to other team, and uh, that team was uh, actually that's that's the same team. The, the which entire is team, team resigned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a this is a, a drama, you know. Uh, almost, you know? Yeah, there was there was there uh, was a, a drama. <laughs> okay, um, that's uh, but. Maybe it's your fault. Then Java came late, right? <laughs> My- <laughs> because uh, because uh, I think you know. I always heard uh, Oracle is working on a secret project, and maybe it was uh, J4C, and this is why the engineers had no time, you know, to deliver Java E. So this is what uh, the rumors were. Right? I don't really know, but I don't know. Think this is the project. <laughs> <laughs> so we can blame you now. Now you're the official, you no know, yeah, uh, problem. I'm glad uh, to be the one to blame. <laughs> Yeah, very good. <laughs> but um, what's what's more interesting is um, so if you join the project, so every project has a vision. Yep. So what was your onboarding? You say, okay, we're developing, you know, Helidon or J4C because what? So it should be the fastest, smallest, mo- most modular, or what was the origin goal, vision, or whatever? Right. Yeah. Uh, the the vision uh, of the of the project was basically to develop the framework for microservices and to use it as well in the Oracle Cloud to have it have it native there, uh, to provide it as a feature for the customers in, in some way. And that was that was like the initial thought that was that was uh, the, the the thought we were working with that we would like to introduce something like this. Something okay. closely cooperating with native image and, and, and stuff like that. So Ah, okay, so the native image was always there, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, well, it's it's uh, actually a team we are uh, working very close to. So uh, uh, this was something uh, we had in mind as well. Yeah, it's pretty cool because if you're working on Oracle, it's a Java source, so you have you no know, access to all the teams if you are nice, right? Yeah, and by the way, just uh, this is just a uh, uh, cur- uh, this is just like um, interesting thing. We are actually sitting right next to the uh, Graal VM team. They are like. The really next to us directly, so the cooperation was. Uh, if we needed those, uh, some consultation and stuff, uh, we could just go there and talk to. Them. Yeah, maybe it's noisy. They have party all the time, right? RVM <laughs> <laughs> guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, what was your first day at Helidon? Mm, oh, let me think about it. Uh, the first day at, on Helidon. Um, I think I was completely lost, if I recall com- uh, correctly. I wasn't sure where to start because even though I joined at the beginning, uh, there was actually quite a lot of things to 
to to get into and uh, quite a lot of stuff to uh, get familiar with. So I recall that I was I was pretty pretty lost there uh, at that moment um, and I was thinking that uh, I would like to basically find an area there in Haliden which I would like to really focus on and to mm-hmm. be the developer of that um, and that was actually something uh, also others were telling me to to, to do so yeah uh, so I was I was mainly focusing on on uh, getting myself familiar with the web server, the reactive part of it. And um, I was told later that I will be developing the web client, uh, the reactive uh, web client we had, and um, or have as well, but not in the newer version, newest version of Helenon. And um, I was the original author of it. I, I developed it. That was the first assignment okay. of mine to do. So you joined uh, just you know as a generic developer Helidon, and then you got um... yeah basically okay basically get, uh... Uh, there was no uh, specialization for me uh, at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't exactly sure <laughs> what I will be doing there when I was jo- joining or when my manager asked me to join. But um, yeah, yeah, I ended up. So you be, so you joined as a worker bean and then became specialized, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> okay, so. Um, Okay, that that's interesting because uh, you know it always is interesting. So if your project starts, what are the goals? And um, in my particular case, if I if I join a project, I would like to know know why we are building this. And uh, if I know this, it's very easy and also, or you know, very easy. It is easier to know how the architecture looks like, you know how it should be run, where it should run. But if you just join a project, a large one, and no one knows why it is there except it has to be built and with the budget. This is the worst, right? So this is why. Yeah. yeah. But I already suspect it has to be small and lean and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in terms of architecture, this particular one was was tricky because, or at least for me, because uh, until that time, I basically worked with the reactive <coughs> components, like really. Only slightly, only only in certain cases. Not, <clears throat> I didn't have um, much opportunity to do work with those. And when I joined, uh, basically all my work was based on them, and uh, it was <clears throat> it was really hard for me to to get familiar with it, to to change my thought process, to uh, think about it not as a blocking uh, piece of code, but rather that. Every single time when there is an any operation which uh, which needs to hold and wait for something, and it's not just code which runs and it's fast, um, I need to do it the reactive way. And it was probably the hardest thing I had when I when I joined the project and uh, for a couple of months actually to to get my head around this that I have to do these things this way because because if I wouldn't. I would basically butcher everything we have developed uh, around the uh, the reactive components, and it would be complete, completely against the whole uh, the whole idea of it, right? So. What does reactive means to you? So reactive programming. If you mention reactive programming, yeah, what is it? Uh, for me, uh, at this point, which I'm referring to, it was mainly the way how I'm coding that I cannot block anywhere, and mm-hmm. instead of just performing the blocking operation, I should use some um, some uh, I don't know completable stages or uh, any mm-hmm. uh, other reactive operators and to to do the work. So. Uh, that was really that because it's completely different way of of coding. You have to uh, have to do it properly to to for, for your program to blocking, work. Blocking correctly. to you, right? Sorry. So what means what means blocking, blocking for me? Blocking uh, mean- like mm-hmm. for example, I don't know, reading file from the disk uh, yeah. or waiting let's for some data. Let's do this. So I have a, a method called files uh, read string. Mm. And uh, you would like to call it from Helidon in a reactive way. Right. What do we do? Hmm. Uh, at this moment, uh, if I would do this, um, I would probably to call it uh, in some... Yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, I, I would call it in some... Um, 
uh, in some completable stage, which would be doing this particular operation, and uh, the method which would be called to to read the file, for example, or wait for some data from the internet or whatever, um, I would just return uh, a callback, the the completable stage ah. itself, and uh, then w once I would. Um, invoke this particular, uh, the chain of, of uh, callbacks, right? The, the, those stages and, and stuff like that. Uh, at certain place, uh, it, I would not be blocked. Uh, I mean, yeah. sir, uh, sh sure, <laughs> no, no, not sir. Uh, the, 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 particular, the particular thread which is operating this would be blocked, but not, for example, a server thread or, or anything. So, um, so um, I just wanted to hear uh, the completable future or completion stage, which is part of it. Yeah. Because what it means is this reactive programming in Heridon means we use Java SE primitives. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you don't have an internal framework. This is what mm. our school use. Actually, we do. We do. Okay. Uh, it was developed by Daniel Katz uh, and uh, David Karnock. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, they developed a framework. Those were the reactive operators uh, for Halidon SE, and uh, it had also an integration with the um, uh, completable stages. So you you could use those together if you wanted. But uh, we had um, uh, react uh, reactive operators such as multi or single, and then corresponding operations on those. Uh, so almost like small right mutiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's, it's like a variation to, to other frameworks, uh, to other reactive operators uh, out there. It's, it's just slightly different names, but basically the same thing for, the, for that. So what, what, just interesting, what would happen with the callback? Because the callback has to be passed to the web server back, right? And the web server then... Mm -hmm. Um, we'll have to call it, or yeah. we will hope that it is resolved until then, and then the server will just, you know, in one point of time, where I'm going with it, yeah. the server will have to block the threat or park the threat, yeah. no block, park the threat, yeah. you know, and then wait without uh, blocking, and then, you know, get the string and send it back. So this will happen, you know, at the boundary to the to the application, right? Yeah. And yeah, this this is basically how it works. I mean, uh, the server. Uh, I mean, of course, there are certain cases like uh, that the uh, server is performing this uh, this 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 chain of uh, of commands. But the thing is that the server thread is never blocked, and that's basically mm -hmm. the idea, right? And. Uh, mm -hmm you are trying to utilize the sources as, as best as possible. I'm not sure if, if I answered a question correctly right now. I mean, that's if that's what you were asking about, but... Uh, um, yeah, this is not, not correctly what our school uses. You said, you know, um, uh, you had to work the uh, so reactive programming and, and just wanted to, to hear what you did, right? Yeah. And this is also what I did. I used the uh, completable future a lot. Yeah. And you also did the completion stages the same. Yeah. And this was what I was curious because my impression is, you know, that the Helidon Java SE is uh, as close to Java SE as possible. So I was just curious, is it also the case, you know, in directive programming? And this is what I like. So this is, was the question. And I was also curious to know what happens with the callback. So, and um, so the follow-up question or question uh, idea was, um, I know already the answer because you have a paranoid, you know, performance team, I, I learned, right? So they they <laughs> they testing, you know, entire time and try to prevent regressions. But um, I usually, in, in my project, I wouldn't care that much that whether it's one thread or 10, you know, because this is not a huge performance impact in business projects. And, and my projects are boring. So maybe I have at most a few hundreds transactions per second at most. Mm -hmm. But if you are talking about building routers for the crowd, uh, cloud, you can have, you know, 10,000 of transactions per second. And then the one single thread is important, right? So, okay, so I get you. So this completable future, you have to program completely differently because uh, you have the callbacks everywhere. So you do something and then you pass callback back and uh, and then someone has to wait without blocking. So waiting without blocking is the trick and this is exactly. But um, yeah, in the end, you could just work with it. And also you did the completable future. Now you can do, uh, do the supply, async, and then and so forth. So, you build a chain of operations, or was it more like you know you just wrapped one operation? Or you remember that? Just curious. Um, like you mean with the reactive components we had? No, uh, with just straight completable future. So if you have completable future, you can say you no know, supply async, and you and you pass my method with the file there, 
and then saying if this is done and then do something different and at the end you know throw an exception or whatever so you could chain you know the yeah, method yeah, yeah. just with completable future so the question was you did something like this or you just say okay now i'm just you know uh, calling methods and was just curious what was the um feeling of yeah mm -hmm. uh, basically we had uh one initial point and then we had like uh several uh, operations uh, bound to each other like uh, when when one yeah. finished the other was called okay. and, and stuff like that basically this this part uh, this uh, this uh, like a flow right yeah so exactly to, like, this, a this flow, okay yeah. cool mm -hmm. okay and and the client was it microprofile rest client or what you did then mm, i actually did both uh, i did uh, microprofile okay. rest client in, uh, implementation i did that and um, uh, committed that to jersey And uh, then, or, or better to say, this one was the second one I have done. Uh, the first one I have done was the reactive uh, rest, uh, web client itself. It was it was the part of Helidon SE. That means the um, the the smaller of our two flavors, the 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 one which is basically as small as possible, and it had uh, reactive components in it. And uh, that was uh, so. That was the Halidon web client. That was the first thing I've done, and the REST client, uh, the micro profile uh, REST client implementation. That was the second one I have. Mm -hmm. So it's Jersey yeah. core component of 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 Halidon, or you just you know borrowing components? What is the relation mm -hmm. between Halidon and Jersey? Halidon uh, and Jersey. We are actually, we are using Jersey uh, in Halidon MP. Uh, so we are connected with Jersey in that way, and uh, since uh, Halidon also neighbors, sorry, on the other side, you know, sorry, sorry. also neighbors, you, your neighbors <laughs> on the other side. Or... Uh, well, <laughs> that's one of my <laughs> colleagues actually. He is uh, ah, okay. Okay, this is he is a part of the team. I mean, not the team of well, technically he's part of the team of uh, Halidon, but uh, uh, he's really just taking care of uh, Jersey these days mainly. So. Uh, yeah, but he's the same. Uh, he's the member of the same team I'm a member of. So, so is a, is a nice colleague. Yeah, he's, he's great. I really <laughs> like him. <laughs> What is his name? Uh, it's Jan Schupol. Ah, okay. So, uh, also have to invite him to. Yeah, I have heard. <laughs> Daniel already told me that uh, he talked to talked to you about that. That uh, you would like to invite him, but uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know if it went anywhere or any. Uh, yeah, it, it will went. So, you know, the podcast is just a leisure activity, and uh, the, the the cool story is my my guest queue is overflowing, right? <laughs> and I get uh, and I get frequent emails like from marketing agencies or like I think we need additional guests, you know. And I say, oh no, uh, no, no, I don't need. I, I need a nice guest, right? But uh, please stop. Uh, so like I don't know. I get you no know, emails uh, requests from everywhere. Everyone would like to be on the podcast, but I, uh, but I like to pick you know people from the Java community just just found in our podcast and would like to to promote their stuff, which is not allowed on the AHXFM. So <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, so we have uh, the the jersey, and uh, jersey is interesting because you can boot jersey without Heliton, right? So this is like a own runtime almost. So you can, uh, uh, and uh, you can use jersey components, I would say, but not the jersey runtime, right? So in Heliton, we just borrows borrows the parses or whatever for JaxOS, I guess. And okay, cool. Yeah. Um, okay, and uh, is jersey developed by their own or is it pushed by Heliton? So is a Heliton. Helidon, uh, the major contributor to, or contributor, no, no, no. the issue. No, no. Helidon, no. uh, Helidon is actually uh, just using the components uh, mm -hmm. they are developing. And if there is anything we need, uh, we are usually talking with uh, Jan. I have mentioned before, and uh, we are asking him to do the changes and uh, to uh, to to, for example, do a new release for us if we need that and stuff. So, but uh, we are not uh, main contributors there. Uh, we are uh, having quite a lot of stuff to do ourselves on Halidon, so uh, we, we are not. No, but um, you are requesting lots of features, yeah. so it's like Something. you know the Jersey are contributing a lot, as so are, are oh. motivated to help you a lot. So this, the question yeah. is, you know, 
who creates the most issues for Jersey? This is the question. Is it like Helidon or is it the other project or WebLogic or who? I think I think for Jersey these days it's like uh, the community itself, uh, not the Helidon itself, because uh, I think quite a lot of features are already present in Jersey, so we are not requesting new features that often. It's uh, more or less from time to time that uh, when we encounter something, I don't know, some some bug or some really uh, new feature request that we would like to, uh, we would like some some feature to work differently or be customizable or, or something like that. Uh, so the, the feature requests are more of, a, of, of, uh, of this kind, but uh, it's, it's not that often as you might think uh, that we are requesting new features from Jersey. Because really, as, as I said it, they are having most of it already implemented. It's, it's a huge framework, so... In 2021, Jersey was contributed, or earlier even, to Eclipse, right? Yeah, so it, is now, uh, it was uh, uh, It was the, uh, the part of uh, when we were um, donating the uh, Java EE implementations mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was actually doing that. <laughs> okay, I can imagine this is a hard stuff, you know, this is my uh, uh, lots yeah. of... You know, looking through the commits and stuff like that so it's uh, yeah. unpleasant work we had to go through the whole code in all of the implementations and everything and check uh, everything whether uh, the licenses are correct whether we are not uh, giving anything we shouldn't and yeah it it took several months yeah this is what uh it, so, no uh uh, people blamed Oracle, like evil Oracle, who like to contribute on the problems they really wanted to do. But this is a lot of work, right? This is the problem. So I, everyone worked like crazy, you know, uh, to to contribute to to open source, and they got still hit from from outside and say, okay, uh, yeah. just you know why it doesn't happen faster. So um, yeah. And Dejan Supol is on fire, so he commits a lot to yeah. Jersey. So yeah. even recently, so in so it's still very active project. He's basically the the lead of it, if I recall correctly, even. Mm -hmm. I mean But what yeah. I like about that is there's another guy called uh Maxim Niesen. Yeah, that's my He's second also very active. Yeah. Ah. And uh, Beskos Gascon from Prague. Uh, yeah, that's Jorge. Yeah. Yeah, that's my colleague as well. <laughs> and there are still, you know, Daniel Ketz so uh, very lazy, I would say. It's just one commit. We have to talk with Daniel, right? But there are lots of uh, external contributors, uh, which is nice, nice to see after all these years. So, uh, yep. This is we are talking about uh, Jersey two. There was Jersey one with, I think, even different repository. I guess mm, Jersey. Well, it used to be in a different def uh, repository before the donation. If if you mean that, uh, yeah, because I only can look back until two thousand eight, yeah. maybe this is what yeah. I see. And uh, but still, the project is doesn't um, so the, the the there was I would say late twenty twenty there was a spike of contributions, and uh, and now uh, and now it is also getting more and more. So it, it looks actually great, very active project. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So so you created created the MicroPower S client mm -hmm. and the Java SE client, mm -hmm. and uh, okay, uh, question um, just uh, if you yeah. What do you think is more popular, uh, Helidon MicroProfile or, or Helidon SE? Um, I think for uh, regular users who are used to use uh, injection stuff and who are used to uh, JexRS in general, I think definitely Helidon MP. Uh, yeah. because it contains all the magical frameworks which are doing stuff yeah. for you and, and, and stuff like that. But uh, I have also encountered that people are using quite a lot Helidon SE because of its uh, lightness, because uh, how uh, you are just having the libraries you really need and uh, you are having only uh, like... Uh, very, you have very small footprint and not that many things around the whole whole thing, and you are developing just the route, and basically everything is up to you how it will work and, and stuff. So I have encountered actually quite a lot of um, cases where people are using Helen uh, SE, uh, and I think those are the cases where um, 
you really do not care that much about the features like injection and stuff, uh, but rather about the performance. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so so I think... But performance, I mean, I don't think this Java SE is a lot faster than MP, right? Is it really a difference? A I difference? think yes, yes. Halidron really? S- I mean, it's not a huge difference, but the Halidron SE is definitely faster because it, it lacks the... the the huge parts of the Halidon MP, so it's it's definitely light, more lightweight than the Halidon MP itself. The question is, if you're big, if you're building an application, it's still the case, right? Because you have MicroProfile S client. Oh, I'm sorry, MicroProfile like injection and mm-hmm. all the stuff. If you inject things, um, and you say you have application scope, request scope, so you can switch back and forth with the performance. If you have Java SE, there is no injection. So if you just create something with new, right? This is with new, and if there is slow, you have to rewrite the entire thing. So if you know what you are doing exactly, maybe you are a bit faster, but I suspect no more than 10%, right? I don't think there is a huge... You, you cannot just be a lot faster with Java SE, uh, highly optimized. To be fair, you know, I do customer. not have any numbers in mind right now. <laughs> this would be interesting. <laughs> this would be interesting, you know, to build, you know, uh, with MicroProfile, Hello World with JaxOS mm-hmm. and do the same with Java SE. And uh, so like, no, a few classes, not just one class. This is uh, uh, more, uh, you would have, you know, one, one, one facade and a view injected logic classes. On the Java SE side, you don't use injection. You create either static interfaces or whatever you, you would like to do. And then they compare the performance. It could be interesting, right? So yep. interesting exercise. Student, for instance, for a student, <laughs> will be perfect. Just create small applications, exactly the same output twice, compare yep. the source code and compare the performance. It would be interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess so. I, and I yeah, think uh, we actually even have something like that. But uh, really, I, I mm-hmm. do not recall the, the, the numbers right now. No, no. Uh, it's just uh, always interesting performance because you said, you know, there's this lightweight and I had it, you know, in other projects. I don't know. You sure know, you know, Whitefly and JBoss. Mm-hmm. And they also said there's this lightweight wildlife swarm uh, in one point of time and thorntail. And I look at that, this is a, more, a little bit more lightweight, but it's not worth it. No? It was a little bit smaller, yeah. a little bit faster, yeah. but it didn't matter at all in my project. So there was like, you know, a small optimization with a unique snowflake. So this is what... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I know what you what mean. Was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then you lost interest on uh, web, right? So say web clients and microprofile S client and JaxOS is uh, boring stuff. <laughs> what, hap- what, what, what happened then? Um, uh, how you switched? I wouldn't say I lost interest. I actually like it still. Uh, but ah, okay. uh, I was thinking about, or no, I was, uh, I found out uh, that I really enjoy cryptography and security in general. I really do enjoy these topics because uh, I mainly got into that when uh, I was thinking about developing myself some some uh, some tool for file encryption. And uh, since I would like to use some some cloud storages, but uh, such as I don't know Google Drive and and uh, OneDrive and and stuff like those, and um, uh, but I was uh, concerned about the privacy. I do not want anyone to basic or any automated system or anything to poke through my files. And uh, I never know how the provider of the of the services develop their services, even though they are claiming, for example, end-to-end uh, encryption and stuff like that. We do not have access to anything. But is it really? And uh, even though they are good reviews and stuff, and I was thinking, hey, I will develop the tool myself, and I'll and on I that will note, know. right? Mm-hmm. Even if they are perfect, what can happen is they can decommission the servers, throw away the hard drives, and then someone will find the hard drives. They're unencrypted, you know. They will find your files. So it is. Uh, um, you, if you encrypt before, you know, uh, uploading, yep. you are on the safe safe side. Yeah, it, it should be. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's actually what I have done. Uh, I have developed myself a sm- small uh, program, which uh, is on GitHub. Uh, it's it's not. I was thinking about uh, open sourcing it, but uh, mm-hmm. I got like to I don't know seventy five percent of completeness, and then I yeah. dropped it because it works. What for for cases I need it, but it has quite of 
uh, quite a few of uh, UI bugs, but I know about those, so I'm just avoiding them, and uh, I'm using this tool even even these days uh, for yeah, but, uh, uh, this stuff. In my case, it is reverse, right? So I, the first commit is not usable on my GitHub, so you see you know, lots of projects which are half-backed, and then one client says, we would like to have it. And, and since then, I have no time to contribute to open source and just keep working for the client, you know, and extending the projects. <laughs> In your case, it's reverse. So you, you, you would like that the, the first commit is perfect, right, in GitHub? Yeah, well, I would like to, to provide basically the functional product first and then improve it. Oh, uh, really? But, but if you say, okay, this is not non-functional, but I'm almost there. Then I mean, the co- community can still look at this, but they, there is no expectation that it works, right? So I mean, mm, maybe, maybe, but uh, yeah. Okay, I, I guess. so we are interesting. We have completely different perspectives. For me, you know, GitHub is like I have an idea, create a repository. Oh, I see. And and then and then this is like a reminder. Okay, if I have some time, I I, I clone it, work on it, and push it, and uh, and there are no expectations that it's working. And do not promote it. I have lots of recent projects just for fun. And for instance, yesterday I checked in something, which uh, just you know um, I could I could print you know uh, colorful um, statements in one of my projects, and this is not even built in. I just had the idea in the train, so I pushed the code, and uh, and uh, yeah, and um, and it happened. And 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 the next time I'm in train, I will pick it, look at the commits. Oh, I did it. Then let's you now proceed with it. Right. Just like a fun project. So the fun project like this. The more serious project are a bit different. So the, in the, the the difference is in my serious project we have at least a pipeline or something. Mm-hmm. So you cannot just you know push stuff, and it has at least to work. So but interesting part. Yeah. So you enjoyed encryption, or yeah. you still enjoy encryption? Uh, I'm still I, I still enjoy it. It's it's awesome thing to to work with. So, um, so what you did? You asked Dimitri. I would like to encrypt Peridon. Mm. Oh. Well, <laughs> not Peridon itself, but uh, I was thinking about, okay, so this encryption stuff and this uh, knowledge and security I got myself, it could be used in Halidon as well because, uh, hey, we are having their security modules uh, to, to for our users to secure their endpoints, right? We are having there also an encryption for config files, for example, and uh, stuff like that. So I went through the code and I asked, yeah, exactly. I asked Dimitri to to allocate me some time to to be able to do that. And uh, I went through the code uh, whether everything is uh, everything is correctly done, uh, whether correct methods and uh, you know good practices are used there and and stuff, and then um, I came up with some some ideas how to improve stuff uh, and uh, how to develop new tools over that to basically create n- not do. Uh, the same approach in every module we need encryption, but rather to have one one central point where this this uh, this component this encrypting thing component is located, and then it's used in the whole uh, the whole project whenever it's needed, and uh, it is it does the thing for you. You do not need to know how to encrypt stuff. You are just using this uh, this component and. Um, so that's what I have done. Uh, then I have reworked uh, the code a bit to 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 follow that. And these days I'm mainly working on uh, improving the security providers, for example, uh, in Halidon. And uh, of course, if there are basically any security things, uh, everything goes uh, goes to me to to work on that, either enhancements or bug fixes and and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, you look at the code, everything was perfect, was nothing to improve, so you went to vacation. This was <laughs> yeah, a I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's interesting part is the encrypting of files. So let's say the uh, config file is encrypted in Helidon. Mm, not so, not uh, the whole config, not the whole config. Uh, just a single okay, value, just the, for example. Okay, the, okay it's even, even more complicated. So uh, uh, and, and a single value. Um, if you decrypt the value, mm-hmm. where do you get the private key? So where is the private key stored? Mm, it's, for- it's usually... Uh, in some uh, in some um, 
key stores, for example, or if it is about the AS, uh, you are usually uh, providing the password for it. So uh, you are some some other place where you are providing the password, for example, while uh, while some some property. So you do not have it um, hard coded into the config file. So it's not in the sources anywhere. There is just that encrypted part and and stuff like that. So 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 let's say I would like to have one value. Let's say this is like you no know, the JDBC mm-hmm. password. Yeah. I have, uh, I have a Helidon just working on my machine, mm-hmm. no doc and nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, I would like to encrypt the password of the database. Mm-hmm. What was the simplest possible thing to do with Helidon? Mm. What I would do, uh, I would just... Um... I would just uh, encrypt it with AIS. Uh, we are having mm-hmm. also a tool for that, uh, which will do it What's for you. What's the name of the cool tool? You know, know it? The name of the tool? Oh, uh, not from top of my head. Uh, it's, Is it it's, in the part of the Helidon CLI? Yes, uh, it's, um, it's uh, to be fair, I don't know whether it's a part of CLI, but definitely there is a but runnable component. Um, I guess so. When I think about it right now, uh, I think it should. But I don't know whether... It really is, but uh, mm-hmm. definitely what you can do is there is there is a runnable class which you can use, for example, from command line or whatever, okay. and um, you will provide a password and uh, the stuff you want to uh, encrypt, and mm-hmm. uh, it will encrypt it for you, and then uh, all you need to do is just to provide a password for the uh, successful decryption. And- and you can in Helidon just rely completely on JDK, or do you have to use Bouncy Castle for instance? Uh, we are. That's that was one of the thoughts we were having, basically to to limit the third party libraries as much as possible, to, because exactly. the more libraries you are having, the bigger risk you are having to yeah. be uh, vulnerable to CVEs exactly. or anything. So uh, we were really trying to uh, limit. Limit it as much as possible, and that's something we are doing till these days as well. We are rather quite often developing something ourselves than reuse yeah. something and stuff. And exactly. uh, we are uh, using only JDK uh, crypto stuff uh, rather than Bouncy Castle. This is very good, and this is also what I like uh, on Helidon. This is like you know, it it, it was uh, at least I look at this. It was like you know, a simple jar, self uh, included. So this yeah. is what I like. You know, this is like uh, Java SE only or micro profile only server, which I really appreciate. And I also try to do that. Sometimes not easy. You know, the ECDH, the uh, for instance, encryption in Bouncy Castle is a bit easier than with yeah. plain JDK, for instance. And but but it's doable. But uh, you have to write my, more code, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, sometimes sometimes it's. Let's say a little harder to work with, but uh, hey, once we did it, uh, yes, we are having the tool for it and it works, so we are golden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, the, the, there's a tool, runnable thing, which you can invoke and it encrypts with a password. So yeah. now, if uh, uh, Helidon starts, mm-hmm. Helidon needs the password. So I would yeah. have to provide a password at start, or what's the story there? You can you can provide this password, for example, over the over the system property, so it's not hard coded mm-hmm. into your sources uh, anywhere. It's it's basically not present in the uh, in the mm-hmm. in the sources in general, like in GitHub or anything. And so you will provide it just for the runtime. We will take it and uh, we will dec- uh, decrypt the value with it. Mm-hmm. And are you doing defensive stuff like, for instance, the Java security library? You can clear, you know, the the secrets in memory and stuff like that. So you do more of that, or just? Well, uh... I'm trying to basically uh, keep the password and and uh, or have it in 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 memory in general, just for the uh, for the time I really need it. I'm uh, mm-hmm. in most of the cases, or at least. And to be fair, I do not recall from top of my head right now because it's quite a long time since I developed this crypto tool for Helidon. But uh, I think I have done it very similarly to uh, how I was developing that uh, file encryption uh, tool I have mm-hmm. mentioned before. And I know that I have been uh, storing the password mainly in uh, byte arrays to be able to very easily clear it up uh, once I do not need it. And, yeah, that's, that's uh, what I mean. So, so you, you, so, so your your programming style is a different in the crypto area, right? So yeah. you are rely more tricks because if someone does heap dump, for instance, later could just get the password. So it just be you just minimizing the risk that someone you know 
Good. Yeah, I, I think I followed the same approach in in this uh, in the developing uh, of this component, uh, if I recall. Yeah, but this really <laughs> it's quite a long time. <laughs> no, it's uh, it just interests me because you know it's always the, the 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 question where the private key is stored or password or whatever, right? Yeah. So if you start a server and the server has to decrypt something, it has to know the keys. Yeah, and yeah. Okay, so we had uh, the encryption of values. But there is more. Are you also involved in authentication and authorization, or is it uh, mm, less so? Well, basically, uh, let me clarify on that. Maybe uh, the security in general, like the the whole concept, how it works, and uh, and stuff. It was developed by Thomas Langer uh, at the beginning okay. of of the Haladin uh, before the release of Haladin One, and it basically has the same structure more or less uh, until these days. And um, I am just fixing bugs there, making some enhancements uh, when it's needed. So sure, yes, I'm, I'm doing also these authent authentication and authorization stuff, but I'm not the original author of the architecture of, of the stuff. I just wanted to clarify to for, for you to know it. Okay, uh, no problem. But uh, what is the authentication authorization architecture? So briefly. Okay, so uh, basically, when the request comes, uh, we are running it through the authentication. It depends on the provider you have selected, uh, but it authenticates the user uh, based on the provided uh, information. And Which provider do you have? Uh, so like, for uh, example, basic authentication. Yeah, basic, basic. Definitely, that's like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the basic, right? So, uh, yeah, we are having the basic authentication. Then we are having, for example, the the OIDC uh, one. Uh, cool. And, uh, yeah, that's that's something I'm these days enhancing a bit. And uh, those are, like, like the main ones uh, we are we are having there. So enhancing the OpenID Connect. So what it means is you also have to use maybe your own, your old, you know, HTTP client to to talk you know to the endpoints and receive the data uh, token info user info and stuff like um, because oh you mean um, oh uh, you mean that uh, the flow you know implicit the, flow oh yeah 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 definitely yeah, so it's, for it's that you have to communicate with external servers so yeah. I guess you're using your own clients HTTP of clients course too. yeah. Yes, we are. Yeah. We are. We are using it for that uh, as well, uh, and uh, it's basically the whole communication, the flow itself. It's it's part of the provider. So uh, we are just uh, user just basically provides the configuration uh, where mm -hmm. uh, the external uh, server is per, is uh, configured. There there are some URIs for it, right? And um, um we are taking basically uh, we are doing all the uh, everything else so yeah mm -hmm. cool so uh but because you mentioned that you're working on the security providers right but it's not these providers is this like uh different providers or this what you Oh, uh, this is this is what I'm working on. Uh, this yeah, is exactly. this is like the security in general so um this stuff I'm this this stuff uh, is what I'm currently working on okay and Actually, the OIDC is the latest, what I'm working on right now. Okay, so what you did so far, as I mean, what what was the goal? Uh, you mean in the OIDC stuff? Yeah, security or security provider in general, because yeah. you switch, you know, from, uh, from the uh, web stuff to encrypting, basically, and mm. security. So I guess, you know, both are sim similar, right? So like yeah. reviewing security and now you are authentication, authorization is, sim I would also call it security. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's part of the security. We are we are calling it like the bundle, uh, overall bundle of of uh, everything crypto related or the stuff uh, where uh, we are securing the endpoint for user. That that's like security for us in like the whole bundle. Mm -hmm. uh, but so uh, what you did since uh, what yeah. were your tasks? You know, so yeah. uh, roughly from between the HTTP client stuff and now. Yeah. Um, what I've done there, for example, um, we introduced multi-tenancy for OIDC. Uh, so how it works? Uh, well, basically, you are providing some specialized name uh, or some 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 name of this uh, um, tenant configuration, such as. Uh, you can have for certain case you can have specific configuration and then when the client calls you it can provide uh, via uh, headers or or 
something like that. Uh, so some some parts like that. I mean, uh, it can provide other uh, tenant name, which which basically targets different configuration, which involves uh, a different uh, authentication server to use uh, and uh, and stuff like that. So uh, this is what I have introduced. This is one of the things. Um, and uh, these days, actually, I have introduced, the, there is a PR right now waiting for that. Uh, it's just, this, this is about um, utilizing uh, ID token because we didn't use it properly back, uh, b- before. We were not using it actually at, uh, at all. <laughs> and uh, so now you, we are using ID token uh, for authentication and um, the access token for authorization. Now it's it's uh, properly implemented to to do it the way. It should. I I'm confused. Both access token has no, there there are no claims, and the ID token has a JSON Web token, right? This is complete. Mm, the, uh, actually, both of them could be uh, JSON Web tokens. Okay, uh, it depends. Yeah, uh, but one once has the you know the I think it's called scopes where yeah. there are additional information, and yeah. the other one is just the identity. Oh, then ID token is the identity. Exactly. Just the identity. Ah, exactly. I will never forget it. <laughs> ID has just the identity information exactly. and the access token. But the access token has always has to more than ID, right? The, um, the access token is supposed always to have the scopes. Well, it, yeah, it gives you the uh, idea which groups you are in. So exactly. that means, uh, for example, to which endpoints you are having access and stuff. And um, the ID token is there for authentication. That's uh, as you as you have said it. It's it's uh, basically about the identity of the caller. Yeah, I uh, so I would never confuse ID token and access token again. So this was perfect. It's already the podcast worth because for years I always you know confused them. Okay, cool. So what else uh, on the horizon in the security space for you? <laughs> I would have to check my backlog there. Um, no, it but... doesn't. Know because uh, you said <laughs> but... you are really into security. It's something mm-hmm. you would like really without a backlog. But oh, uh, you are I'm... interested in. Uh, what and, I'm interested uh, in, uh, yeah, for me, uh, I actually really liked the OIDC uh, in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I okay. really liked working with it because, uh, I, I don't know, I, I just liked it. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking about getting myself more into different flows uh, and to understand, uh, to understand it better uh, and deeper, let's say. And basically that area is something what, I like probably the best out of the providers we are currently having. I mean, that it's the most interesting because, because it's really complex. It's, it's nothing easy. And to be fair, I like challenges and this is, this is definitely a big challenge for me. And yeah, in terms of what I would like to focus on, what I would like to work on, this is definitely something. Uh, yeah, cool. But is every, what, what every project needs as well. So in every project we have open ID connect, JSON web token, authentication, authorization discussion always. And uh, uh and the next question is which uh, flow to use and um I would say the I would say the most popular are implicit and then the uh I think this is authorization code flow. So I'm unprepared for I hope uh, is, uh no, the, authorization the, flow, I think, right? Yeah, there are quite a few flows actually and uh But there are three available. I would say the client flow it is is needed for machine to machine communication. There's the implicit flow for web, yeah. but it is less secure because you you are not exchanging the uh, tokens, so you yeah. just get you know the ID token now right away back, <laughs> and the authorization code flow. There's interaction, so you go to the server and you are exchanging the intermediary token wasn't is it access token refresh token i think so you get an, uh, well if you are uh, refreshing access token you are using a refresh token for that uh but, but at the beginning you get like you know the first token um, is what is it so in the authorization code flow uh, yeah, you yeah, get the very exa- first token yeah i know exactly and with this token uh, you get the next token <laughs> there is and this, the indirection um, is additional there security, is this right? authorization code, if I recall correctly. Uh, exactly. The, yeah, no, so, this is right. It's not a token. It's just a code. Yeah, it's, it's and code you the provide. Code and, and state. Yeah. You know, exactly. Code and state, you get it back. And with that, you are exchanging you know, this against access or ID tokens or what I forgot. But this is the reason why the authorization code flow is more secure than the implicit flow, because you already get the token back. And if someone who listens in between and hacks you, then they have the token. So this is the basic answer and the i think the there are lots of flows but uh, if you are 
not outdated, but uh, sh you should not use without a reason. And and one, the most important one, also is machine-to-machine -machine communication, I think is client flow, right? Where mm. one helidon would talk to another helidon without yep. the user. And then um, you will, I think you need a secret and you get it token immediately and you can talk to other helidon. This would be the... And uh, that's something we are flow? currently ha do not have, if I recall correctly. I mean, that we do not support that. Uh, we are supporting the one you have mentioned uh, mm -hmm. with that authorization code. Um, but uh, but not this client one. Oh, you see, there's this an authorization, authorization flow. flow. We are we are uh, we are supporting. Next thing, which I which I which I never forget, authorization code flow, and you know the first interaction you get the authorization code back. Yeah. This is the reason why what the name. No, yeah, I talked with you, exactly. and now I will never forget that. I always forgot what's the name of the first token, but this is obvious. Authorization oh. code flow. The name of the first thing is authorization code. <laughs> this is why we should talk more often on podcasts, so we learn a lot. And uh, I'm already happy. ID token, access token, and <laughs> authorization code. So I learned. <laughs> I never will never confuse this again. And I think we can stop here. So uh, sure. and. Uh, I would like to reinvite you back anyway to talk about some secret stuff, which not that secret, but very interesting, <laughs> with um, and um, sure some thing. parsers maybe next time. Mm -hmm. And um, so, where people can find you in Blue Sky on on Twitter, on GitHub, on Helidon, on or, or wherever you like. So, if you have a, a forum on Helidon, go ahead. So, promote your stuff. All right. Yeah. Uh, exactly as you mentioned, I'm I'm on Helidon. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm on GitHub. <laughs> This is the secret project, you know. This is the replacement of Twitter. The name is Helidon H, the project H, not X. Right? Uh, I'm, on, I'm on I'm on GitHub, um, and I'm also on on uh, Twitter uh, or X these days, and yeah. uh, Blue Sky as well. So uh, feel free to reach me out there if you have any question. I will be very glad to to answer those and help you out. Um, and Especially if you have someone has questions regarding tokens, what's the name? Oh right? yeah, so you, yeah. <laughs> so how, how I can it? imagine I will get those questions don't, now. <laughs> don't call me. Call call da David because I think I will forget it tomorrow. So uh... and I will not because of that. Very likely because this this is something when I forget uh, something uh, and I'm uh, called out to explain those exactly as as uh, in this particular podcast. I will never forget uh, forget that after that because. Mm -hmm. This really annoys me to, to, to forget these things. And I know, expert uh, in token naming. So the next time we meet, we should prepare something which you don't know and talk about that. So this is, you know, the speed learning. So, uh, nice. I will not yeah. tell you what I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what I confuse always, but I learned now because I think about this, no, the things in the Java records are mm -hmm. called components, mm -hmm. but I couldn't remember. I say, what's the name? Is it fields, not fields, attributes, but the official name of the... Things in Java record classes are mm -hmm. components. I, I hope it is right. So there's also one thing which I always forgot to know. To be fair, I would be calling it just plain and simple fields and methods, uh, as I call it in in any class. So <laughs> I didn't know that it's called components either. But uh, I would because just call it this Because it is not way. just field. Because this is this is the field, the getter, you oh, know, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the it's, mechanism yeah. behind the scene. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's more than this. And I, I always forgot... But uh, then once I uh, also had a chat about that, so, hey, components, okay, now I, I hope this is the right term, but I, <laughs> I guess so. So uh, I wish you all the best, and uh, yeah, see you soon, and talk about uh, uh, fast parsers the next time. Yeah, right? well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me, and see you next time.